Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, the beautiful day in your house. We ask you to bless this preaching and uh, bless your word today, bless your people today, Lord God. We give you praise, honor, and glory for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And we thank you for that today, Lord God. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue to praise our Lord, turn to hymn 314. Hymn 314, it was nothing but the blood that washed away our sins. Amen. This is why we can sing of the mercies of the Lord, because it was nothing but the blood that washed away our sin. Hymn 314, nothing but the blood. Sing along. All what can wash away my sin?
You know, I'm thankful that God gives us strength, amen. If you haven't noticed, the old devil turns up the heat every once in a while, amen. But I'm thankful that when you're washed in the blood, God always gives us hope and strength for the day. So let's all stand, if you would, please, and turn to hymn number 365, and let's sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Amen and amen. Hymn 365, hymn 365, Are You Washed in the Blood? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this time? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? seated and brother Marco if you just stand right here brother and Mrs. White if you come up for just a moment please they obviously did not know this was going to happen you can see the expression on their faces <laughs> Mrs. White Pastor White you can come on and Mrs. Eva is, is she's not in Kentucky yes okay and so hopefully she can catch this on live stream she's not but what we wanted to do this uh, the month of October uh, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month and what we'd like to do is to uh, honor our uh, men of God as well as uh, the pastor's wife for the work that they do here at Central Park Baptist Church. You know, throughout the Bible, people would bring presents to the, the men of God. They would either bring a, a, a goat or a sheep or something as, as part of 
of the offering, but uh, we weren't able to get a hold of a, a goat for you, Ms. White. I know you, you wanted that so bad. So the church has gotten together, and we've just presented some uh, gifts to, to you, which uh, Mrs. Leah has already presented uh, for you, uh, Pastor White, and all that you do, and Mrs. White, of, of course, uh, bolstering Pastor White, and uh, for Mrs. Zebra. <laughs> and all that you do as, as well, Brother Marco. So uh, at this time, we would just uh, just like to say thank you on behalf of Central Park Baptist Church, and happy Pastors Appreciation Month to you all. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Um, that's on, on my behalf and on Pastor's behalf, we want to thank you for your love for us. Uh, it's an honor to be a servant of the King to serve you here at Central Park Baptist Church. You are our work. Right. It, the building's not our work. Right. The property isn't our work. You are. We pray for you. We work on your behalf to give you the very best that God can give us right. to give to you. Right. And so uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a great honor to, to be here. If you're a visitor here, a first-time visitor here, welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're glad you're here today. And if you're a first-time visitor and you did not receive a visitor card, if you slip your hand up and just uh, our ushers are going to come right now and give you a visitor card, we're going to ask that you fill it out. If you received one now or earlier, I'm going to ask you to fill out that visitor card. After the service in the foyer, there's a sign that says welcome. And in front of that sign is a desk, and I'll be standing there. Uh, at the desk, and I'm going to exchange your visitor card for a gift bag, if you would, please. I would love to give you a gift for being here at a part of Central Park Baptist Church. There are a lot of churches. There's not a lot of good churches, but there are a lot of churches. Uh, there's not a lot of gospel preaching churches. Right, right. And there is no church quite like Central Park Baptist hey. Church. And we're glad that you're here, and we love you all, and want to thank you for being a part of Central Park Baptist Church today. Pastor, you come. Again, and not just echo what Brother Marco said. You can leave me. I know you want me. I want a cow. <laughs> I would take a goat. <laughs> but thank you for thank you for the gifts. It's a privilege. I'm I'm thankful that God's allowed me to be here, and I'm thankful that you allowed me to be your pastor. And I can only do what I do because you do what you do. And I'm thankful for that. I, I I'm also thankful for Brother Marco and what he brings right. to uh, to help. Uh, he's a, a huge blessing to me yes. and to, you know, I, I bounce things off of him a lot, sometimes literally, <laughs> amen, but, uh, but I'm thankful for him, and, but I'm thankful for a great church, and can I just kind of try to encourage you for a minute that uh, this is not part of the message, but I was telling Brother Marco yesterday, uh, there's a lot of folks here in the church family that are going through a lot of things, yes. okay? Uh, and I told Brother Mark, I really believe that the reason why these things are happening here right now with, uh, in the life of Central Park and with you uh, is because God's trying to do something. And uh, his brother Marco, he and I were talking about this a while ago, he even said, you know, Satan's, his uh, deal is to always try to stop it before it gets started. But I want to encourage you, God's on the throne. Amen. God has a plan. Just like the song said that the choir sang, God gives us faith to carry on. Yep. So I want to encourage you, stay the course. Amen. 
okay? Because, listen, don't get off too soon. If you do, you're going to miss a blessing. Uh, sometimes the, the trial come, or the blessing comes at the end of the trial. Uh, but we've got to make it through. Amen. The, the Lord told his disciples, men, he said, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go out here in the middle and get swamped in the boat. Right. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. He said, we're going to the other side. And listen, as long as you stay in the boat, Paul told those men, if you stay in the boat, if you get out, you'll perish. If you get out of the old ship of Zion, if you get out of the church, I'm telling you, you're going to perish. You'll be a prime target and an easy target for the Satan. So for Satan, so stay the course. How do we do it? How do we keep on? Acts 26, 22, having therefore obtained, what's that say? Come on, that's not everybody. Having therefore obtained, what? Help of God, then what's the result? I continue to this day. If you want to continue, you better get the help of God. If you want to continue, you better stay in the boat. You better stay in the church and gain the strength of the, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And all God's people can say, amen. amen. So I want to tell you, I am look, I'm not looking. You know, I know we're here today, and we're, there's things that are going on in the lives of people. But I'm, I'm letting you know that I'm looking to the future. I'm looking forward. I'm pressing on toward the mark of the high calling of, Christ, listen, of the prize in Christ Jesus. God has something for us, but we've got to continue on. Amen. And uh, so I want to continue. I want to encourage you. Please continue. Pray for those. Got a lot of folks out today. A lot. A lot of sickness. A lot of things that are happening in families today. Uh, so pray for one another. Yes. Amen. We uh, we be brethren. Amen. And so pray for one another and ask God to help. And uh, let's continue to stay the course. And and God help us to continue to stay the course in our giving. Amen. It all starts with that because that's a part of who we are. So I want to encourage you today. Let's be good and faithful givers to the, for the honor and glory of God so that we can continue on. Whether we continue on today is up to you. And if we continue on with strength, it's up to you. Uh, so let's be good givers. Amen. Cheerful givers because God loves a what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. Father, help us and bless us today. Thank you, Lord, for our folks that are here today, God. And I pray that you would strengthen us this morning, encourage us, God, through the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord. Like the choir songs yesterday, God, help us. And we pray for that faith to carry on, Lord. And, God, realize that you have a plan for our lives. And so, Lord, help us, God, today to stay the course, having obtained the help of God. Lord, we know that we can continue, Lord, not just today, but tomorrow as well. Uh, Lord, should you not come back for us before tomorrow comes. Uh, but, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bless the offering. Help us, Lord. Bless the gift and the giver. May we use it for the furtherance of the cause of Christ here in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. <clears throat>
Amen and amen. Now, if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in one more hymn, and then we'll ask that you briefly greet each other before we have this morning special. There is power in the blood, hymn 362, hymn 362. There is power in the blood, hymn 362. And then please briefly greet each other at the conclusion of this hymn. Amen. 362, there is power in the blood. Sing along. Or oh, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would Fifth grade and under, you are now dismissed. Uh, the Korean uh, ministry is now dismissed for Korean church. The rest of you, please greet each other as we prepare for this morning special.
good song, amen. I'm telling you, if you need something, you're in the right place to get it. Amen. Genesis 13, thank you. Good song. I, I like that. Genesis 13, um, beginning in chapter or verse 1, we'll read down through verse 12. I, I want to talk to you this morning about a, and try to preach a message to remind us as Christians where we are. Okay, because a lot of Christians today have snuggled up to this world that we got in and we've gotten comfortable and we, we've gotten kind of used to it a little bit, but we've got to remember the, the, the place that we are today is not our home and, and we've got to remember today that Satan has got things uh, here in this place. God's in control, but Satan sure moves things. He's in opposition to you and me. He hates us. He hates this place. And, and if he could, he would take you to hell with him. If he could, he would. But as a child of God, we know that he can't do that. And, and so it's, it's always good to know who your enemies are. And, and you've got at least three, right? Uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil, those three. No Christian, we cannot afford to be ignorant of any of these enemies because to be ignorant of these enemies is to be unprepared, and to be unprepared is to be defeated. Okay? Um, uh, and so I want to talk to you, not about all three of them this morning, but I want to try to focus in on one, and that be the world. And, and if there's a title, I guess I want to title it, Your Friendly Enemy. Okay, uh, because, um, you know, the world seems friendly, right? The, it, the world is charming, it's beautiful, and sometimes it, 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 the world's even helpful. Amen, Amen. And, uh, but, but sometimes it, we think it's harmless. But if we look here in Genesis chapter 13, I want to uh, read to you about some things and what God said. And if you found your place there, say Amen. It says, and Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold, and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, and uh, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite uh, and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Uh, and by the way, there ought to be no strife in the family of God. You know why? Because we be brethren. Um, and that's another message. But is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, and I'll go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, and that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and 
Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And Father, I pray, God, that you'd bless the reading of your word. Help me this morning. Uh, God, the, this is the message you laid upon my heart today. It's not the message that I... Uh, wanted to preach, but I believe this is the message that you wanted me to preach. And so, Lord, speak to us, God, today, and may we uh, respond accordingly. May we allow you, dear Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts today and speak to us, God. And, Lord, whatever we need to do when the invitation is given, I pray, dear Father, that, God, that you'd help us to do that today, giving you the glory uh, for it all, because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, what the Bible means when it says uh, and uses the phrase the world, it, it, there, we need to understand there's a system that the Bible calls the world, which is a, a world of wickedness, and we're told not to love it. And I'm going to give you a bunch of verses, and you can write these down. I'll not have time to, to wait and turn there. Uh, but 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world or this system, the love of the Father is not in him. So scriptures here talking about uh, an ungodly system. And so thinking about this ungodly system, I want to try to describe it for you. And the first thing that we need to understand about this system is, uh, of the world is that it has a prince. Okay, y'all still with me? Say amen. Yeah. Uh, and that the prince of the world, the Bible says, is Satan. In John chapter 12, in verse 31, Jesus called the devil the prince of the world, as well as in John chapter 14 and verse 13, or verse 30. John 5, 19, it says, And we know that the whole world lieth in wickedness. So the, the world and the whole system lieth in wickedness. Now, we're talking about the friendly enemy, right? And, we're, and so the word wickedness here, it means that the whole world lies in the wicked one. That word lieth, it means to sleep in the bosom or in the lap of one. In, in other words, that one being Satan himself. So this world in which we live sleeps or lies in the bosom of the wicked one or the prince and the power of the air, which is Satan. So the, this world has a prince. This world also has a philosophy. Uh, there's an enticing network of ideas and values that the devil has uh, skillfully woven together in order to attract a child of God. For example, First uh, Corinthians chapter two and verse twelve it speaks of the spirit of this world. Uh, so we understand that the the spirit of the world. Listen, in talking about this world's uh, uh, philosophy, if you will, it, it is a wicked system. It's a a, a wicked uh, system or network of ideas. 1 Corinthians 7, 31, it speaks of the passion of this world. So it doesn't matter if, if, whether it's from the schoolhouse or the courthouse or from Wall Street or any other place. There is a philosophy that, that permeates everything that we see. And folks, listen, and this, this philosophy of this world is our enemy. Right. And are y'all still here? Say Amen. Uh, so it has a prince, it has a philosophy, but it also has a purpose. Now, why did Satan organize this, this system like he did? Well, he did that to draw away uh, your love as a child of God from the Lord Jesus Christ. The world is unalterably opposed to the things of God. And we can all say amen. 
It is continually hostile to the things of God. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, this, old, this world is also hostile toward God's people, Israel. Yeah. John 7, 7, it says, The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth. John 14, 17, Jesus spoke of the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So this world does not and cannot and never will understand or perceive what you and I know today and what the Bible calls the spirit of truth. The world will never get that. And folks, listen, God said any friend of the world is, the, is at enmity or is an enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in James 4, 4, he warns, saying that ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. That means that means warfare with God. So any man, woman, boy or girl who is a friend of this ungodly system has become God's enemy. I mean, it's right here. Amen. I mean, I, I'm, just, listen, I'm just telling you what this says. I mean, the purpose of Satan's system is to draw your uh, hearts and minds and your devotion away from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his goal. And listen, and if you haven't noticed, he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, The world also has a people. Uh, We're to love these people. Amen. Uh, we, We need to... Uh, care about them in, in, in the way, in, in fact, that we should pray for them. Uh, but these people will not love us. Look in Luke chapter 16. I want you to turn there. I want you to see this verse. Luke 16 and verse 8. The Lord says, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Now, this, to me, this is interesting. Because this unjust steward had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation, listen to this, wiser than the children of light. See, the Lord's saying, Christian, you'd better wake up and and pay attention to what's going on. You better wake up and smell the coffee, so to speak, because the devil and his crowd, uh, they're out there, they're doing a better job at destroying the world than the children of God are doing at redeeming the world. That's what he's saying. Because the children of this world are wiser than the children of the light. That's exactly what that said here in Luke 16 and verse 8. We are twice born people in a world of once born people. Amen. And it's what's, what's amazing to me is God says, listen, it says, For the, 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 this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. How did we let that happen? How did God's children who have the, the listen, the, the completed, uh, preserved word of Almighty God, how did we let the world become wiser than us? How did we do that? I don't know. I think for, for the most part, we've got weak need. Can I, I've given you this little quote that my dad has used for years, and I've used it a few times. He said, you find two things in the middle of the road, a yellow streak and dead things. Listen, when it comes to God, you can't be neutral. If you, if you try to be neutral, you're going to, be, you're going to have one or two things. You're going to have a yellow streak, and I'm, I mean, that, we don't want to hear that. Or we're going to be, listen, we're going to be dead spiritually. Yeah, 
Well, the world, watch, this, this, these people, this uh, once-born people need to understand that as a child of God, that, uh, listen, that they will never understand us. And, but one thing that we can do as children of God, we can wake up and pay attention to what's going on and get back on track with our lives and do what God has called us to do. Amen. Now, I've said all that to kind of, that's all introduction. Yeah. And I've got to hurry. But I want to, I've tried to set the stage for the message. And I want us to look in here in Genesis chapter 13 at this man named Lot. Okay? A classic example of a man who has been saved but lost his life. A man who loved the world and the things that were in the world. And and listen, you, you have an enemy today. But the enemy that we have today is a friendly enemy. And the same enemy who destroyed Lot, a man who was a just man, a righteous man. Listen, uh, this same thing can can take you and me, this world and its system can take us today, our life, and do us the same way that it did Lot. So let me show you how it happened. Number one, the world courted him. Uh, If you think about this, the world will flirt with you. You know, when we were younger, I, I mean, we may even still like it as married to, to, for our mate to flirt with us. I mean, come on, we're not that old, right? Listen, but we, you remember back when you, uh, that you had uh, the, the flirted, you know, but that, that, that's exactly what the world does. The world will flirt with you. The world will court you. And listen, in, in God's here, he, he called Abram from the Ur of the Chaldees into a land of Canaan, the land of promise. And, and Abram uh, uh, took with him, or, or Lot went with him, where Abram went. And, and they were both herdsmen, and Lot's herd grew, and, and Abram's herd grew. And it got to the point that they were so big that their herdsmen, were, they were fussing and murmuring between themselves. And so Abram said to Lot, listen, the best thing that we can do is just divide so because we don't want to be fighting. So Abram told Lot, you choose. And wherever you choose, I'll go in the opposite direction. Well, the Bible says, and you look there, it said Lot lifted up his eyes, and he looked over there, and I'm just paraphrasing, and he saw the well-watered plains of, of Jordan. And, folks, this was the direction of the two most wicked cities on the face of the planet at that time. Listen, think about this. And Lot looked, and he saw the fertile, well-watered plains, and he said, I'll take that. I'm going to go that way. He didn't think about it. Uh, He didn't uh, seek the mind of God about it. He didn't think about the welfare of his children or his wife. He didn't consider the immoral lifestyle of the sodomites. Listen, all he thought about was his herds and his money. It's right here. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Look in verse 11. It says he chose him. In other words, he chose for himself. He chose for his own selfish desires. And as a result, the Bible says, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now, if you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, you remember what this verse says. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they've, they've erred from the faith. And, they, and, and, and I like these two words. I circled them in this verse. It says, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves. Listen, you know what they've done? They've done it to themselves. 
they've pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That very scripture is going to be fulfilled right here in this verse in the life of Lot. You say, well, preacher, a man has to live. Amen. I mean, you got to have money. Amen. I, I, I mean, every time you go somewhere. And, and this is what I don't get. People come to church and they think, you know, Church is always talking about money. Every time you go, 10%, 10%, got to tithe, got to tithe, got to give it to missions. And, and, and folks have a tendency to murmur. They have a tendency to kind of complain a little bit. We go to the grocery store and spend $200, and it's like, well, you got to eat. We'll go, you know, and I know gas is high, but we go to the gas and we put, you know, well, you got to have gas in your car. We, we don't complain anything like we do when we come to church and split it in here. You know, and, and, and have you went and filled your car up with gas and just went out and left it? I mean, left without paying? Yet we'll come to God's house. Oh, no, no, preacher, you didn't have to say that. But we'll come to God's house and we'll eat. Spiritually. We'll come to God's house and we'll drink of the water of life, amen, and we'll leave right out and never think one time about giving our tithes and offerings. Just thought I'd throw that in. Oh, Lot, he, he chose himself um, and he loved money. In the first place, watch, a man does have to live, or, or excuse me, a man does not have to live, but he does have to die. You see, Matthew 6, 33, the verse I quote, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Abram was rich, and God never condemned him for having money. Never. But Scripture tells us the difference between Abram and Lot. You you read it. Abram was a man who looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Lot, on the other hand, he, uh, he flirted with, with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And listen, the world flirted with him, courted him, and, and he took the bait. He was enticed, and a courtship was born that would ruin his life. The world became a harlot to steal away his love for the Lord. And the Bible warns and says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And the same world that flirted with Lot is flirting with you and me every day. Yeah. The, this our friendly enemy, the world. Number two, the world courted Lot, but the world conformed him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, you're familiar with this verse. The world took Lot and it molded him and squeezed him into its mold. Have you noticed today's world how um, the younger people, and not just younger people, but some of the older people, this world has conformed them? How sad. When all of the, the, the facts and the things that are going on in our society show us that the way it's headed is wrong, that show us that, that what's going on is leading us in, on a path of destruction, listen, but, but yet they still, they are head over heels and they're headed right for the cliff. Lot was the same way. Look what God said. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a dead sacrifice. No, a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. 
You see, after the world entices you, the world will conform you and squeeze you into its mold. And it'll do it slow, and it'll do it carefully. Let me show you what it did to Lot. Look in verse 12. Lot went the wrong direction. First thing Lot did, the Bible says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He didn't move in, right? He probably never intended to move to Sodom. But, you know, all he did was simply go that direction. He just pitched his tent that way. And one day, he pitched his tent a little closer. And then the next day, pitched his tent a little closer. And then one day, maybe, he told his wife, You know, hon, let, why don't, let's, uh, let's take our number one, number two camel, and let's go into town and just, let's just see the sights. Let's just look around. We're not staying now. I'm, just, I'm here to tell you. I mean, he's already moved his tent three times. Well, now we're not staying there. You know, them are wicked people in there. We're not going to live in Sodom. I'm the man. I've made my decision. I can see him, but let's just go look around. Maybe do a little shopping, you know, pick up some groceries. Then after a while, you keep reading. The Bible tells us that Lot is dwelling in Sodom. Now he's living there. He's settled down. And I'm sure he probably said, you know, I can live here. I don't have to partake of their sin. I mean, after all, when I'm in Sodom, I, I don't have, I, I'm not like them. I'm not going to do what they do. I'm not going to live like, listen, he's a Christian, by the way. He's, the Bible says he's a righteous man. Y'all are seeing this. And he's saying, I'm not going to do that. But listen, if, if, if there's something today about compromise. That if you ever compromise, uh, it's the old saying that if, you're gonna get on, if you get on a greased pole, you're going to ride it all the way to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Lot. Um, he went the wrong direction. But notice the deception here. Lot had become a citizen. Look in chapter 19 and verse 1. Turn over there and, and, and look at that first verse. It tells us that there came two angels to Sodom at evening. And notice where Lot's at. It says Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. You know what that means? Basically, that it means that um, Lot's a city councilman now. He's a Sodomite VIP. You see, the first thing he did is he, he only pitched his tent towards Sodom. Uh, then he dwelt in Sodom, and now he's become one of the leading citizens of Sodom. You see, his conscience had become dull. Sin didn't bother him anymore. What used to amaze him now only amuses him. I mean, his wife is a leader in Sodom society, perhaps. His girls have gone to Sodom High. If you, I mean, think about it. They dated the boys of Sodom. You say, how do you know that? Well, they married them. This man who loved God, a righteous man, a man who is now calling the people of Sodom brethren. And he would have never thought that this would happen to him. Here's a child of God, you know, and how many times have we said, listen, that'll never happen to me. Come on, come on. Oh, listen, preacher, I can play in sin. I can dip my foot in it every once in a while. I can get close to the edge. And listen, I'll be okay. No, you will not. Right. Sodom corrupted him. Look at the third thing. Look in verse, chapter 19 and verse 1 again. 
We see that, that Sodom courted him, Sodom conformed him. Now he's moved on, it's corrupted him. Verse 1 of chapter 19, And there came two angels of Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Guess what's happened here? He recognized these angels as messengers of God. Look in verse 10, chapter 19 and verse 10. I want to read that verse. It says, But the men put forth their hands. And what did they do? They pulled Lot into the house to them. And shut the door. Listen, these angels, these messengers from God, they, that God told Lot that, uh, they told Lot that God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he, they told Lot, they said, listen, if you have any loved ones in the city, you, you better get them out. So Lot, look in verse 14, he goes to warn his son-in-laws and, uh, of God's coming judgment. And look what happens. Verse 14, it says, he seemed as one that mocked. Unto his own sons-in-law. You know what they did? They laughed in his face. They had no respect whatsoever. For this, this corrupted Christian. The world had corrupted his testimony. His testimony was so marred. And uh, so corrupted by the lifestyle that he had chosen. That he lost his testimony. Um, and he lost his life, or not only, his, but he lost his wife as well. You remember after they got out, uh, that he escaped with his two daughters. Y'all remember this? Y'all go and read. In fact, his daughters they they got got him drunk and they committed incest with him. And if it hadn't been if it hadn't been for for Second Peter chapter one, if you're reading this about Lot, you're thinking there ain't no way this guy is a saved guy. This is a wicked, lost guy who lived in the world. And, you know, and if we're not careful, we'll say, and he got what he deserved. He should have never went down there. He should have never pitched his tent. He made some bad decisions. There ain't no way. But wait a minute. Second Peter chapter 1, listen, tells us that Lot was a righteous man. Listen, the, the Bible says that his righteous soul vexed him daily. He knew what was right, but he wouldn't do anything about it. He had gotten so ingrained and so comfortable with the world, listen, uh, that, 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 that missing out on the things of God didn't bother him a bit. Listen, Christians have got the same way today. We treat God uh, and the things of God just like a shirt that we can take off and discard at will, and we'll throw it off and we'll say, well, it'll be okay. No, it will not. That's what Lot thought. He thought, listen, it's okay if I do this or it's okay if I don't do that. God will understand. God does not understand sin. It cost him his son. And if he'll turn his back on his own son because of sin, listen, God will judge you as well and me. Yeah, he'll do it. Uh, the world, uh, it corrupted him. The friendly enemy courted him. Then it conformed him. After it conformed him, it corrupted him. But the Bible still calls Lot a righteous man. But remember, the Bible also says, Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Listen, if you run with the world, if you fellowship with the world, if you make friends with the world, mark it down. The world and its system will corrupt you. Yeah. God said in his word, come out from among them and be ye separate, thus saith the Lord. Listen, he said that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. 
You know why we need church so bad? Because you know, at least you know that's why we ought to be faithful to church Sundays, because we're in the world the rest of the week. We got to come out of the world and get separate so we can get cleaned up. And sometimes it takes, listen, it takes a little more than 30, 40 minutes to do it. Amen. Yeah. Um, listen, we need to get firmly planted in the Word of God. Uh, if you're, if you're a, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to work, right? I mean, I, listen, I, I have to admit, I haven't had to work a secular job in a long time. My circle of, of, of friends has gotten like this because, you know, the, the, the people I hang around with, most of them are just preachers. But you got to go out into the world every day, every week. And you got to be in the world. But let me tell you something. You don't have to be of the world. You don't, have to, you don't have to fall into this world system. It's corrupt. It's wicked. It's evil. And if you're not careful, it will corrupt you as well. There's a lot of Christians today, are, are, they begin to think like the world. They begin to act like the world. But listen, you can't do it and get by. You say, how do you know? Well, we're going to talk about that this afternoon. I'm going to show you something in the life of Moses and what happened during the plagues. Listen, how, how we got to be careful about, uh, about being around the world. It'll cost you something. Yeah. yeah. Lot, he got in the world, corrupted him, but notice what it cost him. A lot of people think, well, you know, I can just play around with the world a little bit. It'll be okay. You know, after all, I'll, I can gain some things from the world. But, folks, that's not right. You see, if you play with the world, it'll cost you. The world will cost you the same thing that it costs Lot. Look in chapter 13 and verse 14. First thing is the world cost Lot his worship. Um, he no longer fellowship with God. Verse 14 says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated unto him, Lift up now thine eyes and look toward the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. You say, well, preacher, what's so significant about that? Well, the Bible says that God spoke to Abram, look, when? After Lot had departed. You see, Lot wasn't there when God was doing the speaking. Every step Lot took toward Sodom was a step taken away from God. Amen. He could have been there. He could have been there and heard what God said, but he chose not to. Listen, have you ever wondered why God doesn't speak to you? Maybe why you don't have a relationship with God and maybe why your prayers don't quite seem to, to accomplish the things that you, you think they ought to or why your worship is just seems like it's just going through the motions. Well, because whosoever is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Listen, and, that, and that's what it cost Lot. It cost him his worship. Listen, if we don't stay close to God, if we don't walk in his will for our life, it will cost you worship. You may show up, but listen, you will not be able to worship in a way that's spirit-filled that will help you and put you back on the path that God wants you to be on. It'll be empty. Lot's uh, worship was empty. Notice it cost him his witness. You see, I've had folks tell me, you know, well, if I'm a worldly Christian, will I go to hell? No. But you may send other people there. Yeah. Here's a man who had no influence. His daughters married the wicked men of Sodom. And when Lot went in, you read it, when he went in to talk to them, they laughed him and they mocked him. 
his own wife, full of Sodom. Think about it. When they were walking out, and they, the angels of God had to pull them out. Listen, and, the, and God told them, don't turn around and look. Do not. Listen, they were, God was trying to get them away from his judgment. And he said, don't look. Well, listen, his wife was so full of Sodom that she turned and she did exactly what God told her not to. And she turned to a pillar of salt. And I believe that she's in hell today. Lot didn't have the power to win. Listen. You remember what Lot, told, uh, he made a bargain with God. Remember it started out with 50. And he said, if I find 50, if I find 40, listen, it got down to 10. And yet Lot did not have the power or the testimony to reach 10 people. 10. How sad. He lost his witness, his family. I mean, if he would have had any kind of testimony at all, he could have at least won his family. His loved ones died and they went to hell because of his friendly enemy, the world. He lost his wealth. Look in Luke chapter 17. I've got to hurry. Everything went up in smoke. Everything that he had, I mean, it, uh, it, it was gone. Luke 17, 29, it says, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Where's Sodom at today? Beneath the waters of the Dead Sea. You know, we had a chance to go and float in the Dead Sea, and it's exactly that. There's nothing alive in it. Yeah. Lot lost everything. All his wealth was gone, both on the earth and in heaven. The Bible says, if any man's, it's 1 Corinthians 3.15, said, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire, he shall suffer loss. I've had people say, well, preacher, you know, any place in heaven will just be okay with me. It doesn't really make any difference just as long as I get there, you know. I mean, I'll be in heaven. Uh, I, I don't have to get any big rewards. I don't have to get anything like that. Just give me a cabin in the corner of glory land. I'll be fine. Well, suppose you had um, um, no bank to put your money in. Maybe you just didn't trust them. You had money. You had a lot of stuff. And, but everything you had, everything you worked hard for all your life, everything you owned, everything you valued was in your house. Your wife, your children, your loved ones, everything. Your wealth, everything. And then one night you go to bed, and while you're laying there in bed, you wake up. And you wake up coughing, and you can't catch your breath, and you open your eyes, and the room that you're sleeping in is filled with smoke. You're choking. And when you look everywhere around you, it's just nothing but flames. I mean, the flames have already taken over the room. And, and I, there's nothing that you can do. Uh, everything is falling around you. And, and you realize that everything in your house, in that split second, that everything in your home is about to go up in smoke. There's no time to get your wife. There's no time to go get your kids. No time to go get anything out of the dresser, your billfold, I mean everything. Your stocks, your bonds that you have, in, I mean everything. The only thing that you can do when you wake up is to escape and jump out the window. And inside when you get out there and you're looking back at the house, you hear all the shrieks and groans and all the moans of your wife and your kids. Are being, they're being destroyed and killed by the fire. And everything you realize that you own is in the house. 
You have no insurance to cover it all. I mean, everything is gone. So what do you do? Well, your neighbor's standing there, and you turn to them, and you say this. Well, there goes my life. Everything I had up, up in smoke, my wife, my kids, everything is gone. But oh, well, I'm saved. Let's go have a steak. I don't think you'd say that. No, I, I mean, uh, I don't think any of us would say that. Well, one of these days when you get to heaven, I don't think you're going to say, you know, at least I made it to heaven. At least I'm here. Well, Lord, I'm telling you, I, you know, I mean, uh, I, may, I lost everything, but I'm in glory. I, you, listen, I don't think there's a, a saved person in here that will ever think that or say that. Yeah, the Bible says, if any man's work be burned, he shall suffer loss. Listen, I think there's going to, that, that, this is why God's going to wipe away the tears from the eyes of man. Because when we get to heaven and we realize it, then there's going to be Christians that have realized they've made it by the skin of their teeth. Listen, they're going to weep and they're going to wail because they realize they did nothing for the cause of Christ while they're here. Listen, how sad of a day that's going to be. It does matter. Yeah. yeah. And it matters how you live. But there's a lot of Christians today who have really bellied up to the world. You know, we, uh, we've made this old world a, a comfortable place. And, and by it, I mean, you know, I'm talk, not talking about uh, having a house and a, a bed. No, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about becoming a friend of the world. I'm talking about giving in to this old world's philosophy and and ideologies. Listen, that, that ain't it. Christian, I'm telling you, it's time for the Christian people to stand up and do what God wants us to do. And it's going to cost you something to do it. Just like it costs everything for a lot to stand uh, to, to go into Sodom, it's going to cost you and me as a child of God to, to stand with the things of God. It may cost you something. It may cost you your time. God has come up. I mean, we get awful quiet. It may cost you some other things in your life, but listen, it will be worth it. You say, how's it going to be worth it? Because when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ himself uh, at the judgment seat and he stands there and listen, or we stand before him as he's seated on the throne high and lifted up, listen, I want him to say to me, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. But there's a lot of Christians today we're so entangled with this world. God and the things of God is just something we do on Sunday. Can we not do that? Isn't, isn't God worthy? Are we still here? Say amen. Yeah. Listen, God wants to do something through you. But you know what? It's time for God's people to step up and say, you know what? I'm in. Um, I said these words the other day and, and that I eat, drink, and breathe Central Park Baptist Church. Well, preacher, you got to do that because you're the pastor. No, that's not why I do it. Um, me and my wife both did it a long time ago when there was nothing, there was nothing coming in. Uh, we did it because we love the Lord. We realized who we were and, and uh, who we were. And where he brought us from and what he allowed us to be a part of. The greatest thing this side of heaven is the church. 
you, you're the church. Uh, and I'm thankful that God has allowed me to be a part of it. Christian, um, it, you know, where are you today? Are you with the world? I mean, you can't be both places. Maybe you've just pitched your tent towards Sodom. Let me encourage you. Move your tent before it's too late. Because why don't you start looking? No, your friendly enemy, the world. Oh, come on, man. It's all right. Come on over. We'll be friends. And we fall into it and we say, yeah, it's okay. We'll just move a little close. You know, we're, we're still quite a ways away. We still go to church on Sunday. You know, we're, you know, we're still. And then we pitch our tent a little closer. And we're still okay. Didn't quite drag us in. But it may not be outwardly dragging you in. But it's doing it on the inside. And then that, listen, what, what, what Satan does to us on the inside eventually shows up on the outside. Yeah. Can I encourage you today? If you pitched your tent, move it. Let's get back to doing what God would have us to do. Because you remember, it's a friendly, what's the last word? Enemy. The world's our enemy today. I'm, I'm, not ta- I'm talking about the world system. The people, we got to love them. We got to reach them. But let's stay on solid ground. This is the solid ground we got to stand on. This is where we got to go by. But it's up to you. God, help us to do that. Father, help us, Lord, this morning. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be instant, in season, out of season. Lord, I believe that, God, there's a lot of things going on in the lives of people today. And, but, Lord, we're going to have to determine and make a decision. God, Lot came to that place in his life. He had to make a decision. He didn't ask you about it. He didn't consider what you thought. The Bible says he chose for himself. God, I think we do that a lot of times. If we're not careful, we don't stop and talk to you about what you'd have us do. Uh, God, you want to help us. You love us. God, you want to keep us from it. You spoke to Abram, Lord. Lot could have been there to hear that, but he chose otherwise. Help us not to choose otherwise, Lord, today. But God, may this be the day that we choose you. May this be the day that we, Lord, ask you to strengthen us and help us. And may this be the day that we start over afresh and anew. So God, speak to our hearts. If there's someone here that's lost, God, I pray that they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Give this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while we sing just a verse of invitation.